back into a new episode of Chasing 1969, a New York Jets podcast. It is Thursday, October 13th, the second victory Thursday in a row. Let's fucking uh, go. A great episode coming up. Going to preview the Jets' uh, victory, or we're going to recap the Jets' victory over the Miami Dolphins. Look ahead to that game against the Packers. Vibes on the team. Check out how Teddy's doing. Before we get to all of that, make sure to follow us on Twitter at NYJ underscore chasing 69 YouTube channel is under the same page. If you want to look at me and Teddy's beautiful faces, um, you can follow Teddy at Teddy Huncho on Twitter. I am at Blake Andrew pace, Teddy. We didn't get the chance. So I feel like we usually talk a little bit about the games, but uh, you know, you were traveling, you were out, uh, out West. I've had a busy few days, so we really haven't gotten to touch much on this. I, I started off last week. I started off the other one this way too, but just like, how are you doing outside of the Jets world? And then also, how was it, you know, being able to watch, you know, the Jets pick up two wins in a row for the first time since 2017? Yeah, I mean, truthfully, I don't think there is an outside of the Jets world for me right now. because I'm just riding <laughs> high. I'm, I'm living. That. I'm living. I Yeah, I was in Seattle <laughs> visiting visiting my sister. I, uh, I got to watch the game at 10 a.m. instead of 1 a.m. or 1 p.m., which was sick, you know, just waking time up. Out. Yeah, yeah, what did you think of that? Because I've always I've always wondered what it'd just be like to roll out of bed and have football on. I mean, I thought it was awesome for sure. Uh, I woke up, I had an alarm set for 6.30. I was trying to like stay on East Coast time because I had to work and everything. Um, gotcha. But so I woke I had an alarm set for 6.30, watched the uh, London game, and then, you know, just was laying in bed, watched the Jets, watched all the one o'clock games, and then hit the town. Um, it was kind of weird that like, Sunday night football was just happening at like four o'clock or five o'clock yeah. or whatever it is. Um, but no, I was cool. It it's different for sure. It, but it, it's nice for like, you actually have a day afterwards or a night afterwards. Right. Um, but all day I was just kind of walking around and I was like, the jets are three and two, like, like more times this year, we have walked away from a football Sunday saying the jets won than lost. And that is just like an absurd, absurd, um feeling and like thing that happened and it it, it it was awesome you know and it's still not perfect they're still not the best team ever but it, I mean in my mind they have been just clearing hurdle after hurdle I guess is a good way to say it you know they've just yeah. been been doing the things that we want to see them do um and it's just awesome at the beginning of the season I I would have loved to predict the Jets to be three and two through five games. And I would have felt like I was being a homer and an optimist and, and yeah. unrealistic, but you know, here we are. Um, it's been an interesting road, but it's been fucking awesome. dude. Yeah. Look, you can always say, and you can nitpick wins and you can say, okay, the Jets have three wins this year against Jacoby Brissett, Mitch Trubisky slash Kenny Pickett, and then Skylar Thompson. At the end of the day, it's three wins. You made it through the first five weeks and the season's not over. And, and for a team and a franchise that has been through years of just shit, these are the building blocks. This is what everybody's been talking about. It's it's not like you're just going to magically turn yourselves. You know, you can, I guess, by, you know, bringing in this otherworldly talent at quarterback, if you draft right, you know, the Bengals just immediately became great, a great team uh, last season because of their quarterback and wide receiver, uh, you know, additions to the team. But when you're building a team the way that Joe Douglas is through a lot of draft picks, through these lower level free agents, a couple of guys that you pay a little bit more for, it's not an overnight success. You know, the, the overnight success, you, you look at the Rams, you know, where they just trade all their first round picks and they assemble like the dream team, you know, and that's how they've, you know, been doing things here. But the Jets do it very differently and they're doing it the right way where it's just this slow 
you know, every year we're raising the standards for what this team can do. And compared to where they started off last year with Robert Sala, I know it wasn't a fun year to watch as Jets fans. You know, the defense was rough. It was tough to, you know, try and, and stay competitive through four quarters of a game. But this has been a competitive team for the majority of this season so far. They're a winning football team five weeks in. And I mean, it's it's pretty cool to watch. It really is. And it it helps me kind of enjoy football outside of the Colts world, which, you know, we've made jokes about. And hey, by the way, 500 football team now with with wins over the Chiefs and the Broncos so big wins you know you know huge quality wins here but it's just it's cool to see the Jets you know regardless of where the season ends up because I don't think that everybody here is is saying you know uh, oh this is a lock to be in the playoffs now look at the teams we've beaten and this is a team that's going to you know advance far this season but in terms of where this franchise wants to go you have to be elated with what you've seen so far yeah, and I feel like we have spent a lot of time like caveating the Jets and like the things yeah. that they do well. I have. Um, no, and I, I have too. I have too, most certainly. Um, and, and I think I just kind of decided after this game, and, and again, I know, here we go again, but it's like I know that, yes, we were playing the third string. This wasn't the full, full strength uh, Dolphins offense. You know, we've got a couple wins against some other backup quarterbacks, but at the end of the day, like I'm at a point where I'm ready to just kind of like buy in to this Jets team and not even in a way of like, I think they're going to be a playoff team. I think they're going to be great, which I do think is a possibility for sure now, but I am at the point where I'm ready to just say, you know, every single week, they at least have a chance to make something happen. And they at least have a chance to, you know, put together a great game and have some things go their way and and get a win against good teams in the NFL, as opposed to, you know, a team where basically, unless you're playing the bottom of the league, you have no chance. Um, so I'm kind of ready for that. And I think that that they really, really showed up in this game. And, and despite the third string quarterback, um, you know, the offense looked great. The, the defensive line was doing what it had to do. The corners were doing what they had to do. And I just thought it was an all-around great, great game for the Jets. And just kind of, you know, the, these three wins, however they've came, it's just been a great way to build this young team's confidence and, and say, hey, here's how you win. Here's how you can do it. Here's how you keep your foot on the gas, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I, 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 think, I think this season is turning out, you know, despite my optimistic predictions, it's going better than I anticipated because I didn't even know if those were realistic. And now here I am yeah. and I'm ready to say they, they are. So, so it's awesome. And I, and, and I'm, I guess I'm ready to really get into it if you are. Yeah, of course. Is there anything I was going to ask you where you wanted to start off first with this game, because we could talk about Zach, we could talk about Brees, we could talk about sauce. Uh, we could, we could talk about a lot of things. Is there, do you want to talk as the team as a whole? Because, you know, yeah. look, this is momentum building. Where, where do you want to kick things off? I think um, Zach is a good place to start. And I think yeah. that Zach, as well as the whole team. Um, and basically what I mean by that is when, so Zach came in after the Jets were one and two, right? Came in week four. We had just put up 12 points against, um, whoever it was, the Bengals, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just didn't really look that good on offense. We're kind of moving the ball, but couldn't really get it done. And we had a conversation basically saying, what we don't want this Jets team to be is we're hoping Zach Wilson can come in and elevate this team. We'd rather have it be like, this is a pretty good team if Zach Wilson does what he needs to do. 
they'll be able to win games. Um, and I think this game was the first game that they were able to, to play and win the way that they want to play. Um, and I think that came with the dominating run game, came with a trust in Brees Hall to just continue feeding him the ball with the change of pace guy with Michael Carter, you know, just could not be stopped all day. So LaFleur kept going to it. And then Zach Wilson, what do you want to see from a young quarterback? You want to see him making the right decisions and not losing you the game. So what does he do? He goes out, you know, 14 and 21, 66% completion percentage, making some plays on third down when he needs to and doesn't turn the ball over, doesn't play sloppy and does enough to just, he didn't have to be outstanding. It's not like Zach Wilson played this crazy game where he was making unbelievable plays, but he did play pretty well. He had a couple flash plays, had that touchdown run, was able to run around, make the throws he needed. And he was just able to, you know, facilitate this Jets offense that really was able to get it, get it rolling on the ground, um, which is what they want to do. And you saw Zach's um, only 21 pass attempts. I mean, that's our past two wins. We've had over 50 pass attempts. You look at um, just, I guess, just like the workload for the running backs is this is the first time we've really gotten to seeing Brees Hall get upwards of 15 carries and Michael Carter with 10, because it's the first time we've had a game script like that. Um, yeah. And to just continue to roll and roll and roll and, and not take your foot off the gas and just, you know, there was kind of that lull in the third quarter, but to score 21 points in the fourth and really just put, pour it on them. It, it was awesome. And, and I think that starting with Zach Wilson, complimenting this team and this run game and just doing what he had to do to facilitate the win. It was just great to see um, from a fan perspective, because that's what we want this Jets team to be. This kind of win, I completely agree with what you're saying. This kind of win shows you, okay, the, if the Jets one day get to a point where they're consistently a good winning football team, can you protect leads? And they did just that. Now you're sitting there going into the fourth quarter being like, how the fuck are we only up to? Because it really just through the first 45 minutes, it felt like domination. It really did. You know, the Dolphins weren't getting much moving. Um, the Jets had, you know, a couple of huge plays there, but it was like, okay, what can this Jets team do with a lead? Can they protect a lead? The first two wins, it's these crazy comebacks in the fourth quarter where a lot went right for them. And now they're sitting in this situation. And yes, you know, you're playing a third string quarterback because Teddy gets knocked out on the first play. Uh, not you, Teddy, you were, you were doing just fine. I don't think you have a concussion. Do you? I'm feeling all right. Okay, good. But it's one of those ones where you can say, okay, if this team is going to one day consistently be a team that is considered a uh, threat to win the division or a playoff team consistently, you need to see both of both sides of what the team can be. So I thought this was just another version of this offense and, and tying it into Zach and the run game. Like this is a team that you can trust to hold on to a lead. Um, I thought that the run game was fantastic. The duo of Brees Hall and Michael Carter is, is just fantastic because, you know, if you, if you need to run the patients, the patient game with Brees, I mean, his ability, it, it is, uh, I, I saw someone tweeted out today, so I'm stealing it from somebody else, but it's very Jonathan Taylor esque his vision and patience, uh, working through the, the, in between the tackles. Um, and then Michael Carter, you hand it off to him. And he's just a force. He just grabs the ball and he just sprints right ahead. And he is just that bowling ball. It's this duo that 
you know, I don't want to say they're each one dimensional because they're not, but what they each bring to the run game balances it out so much where it's like, okay, a first and 10, we're going to run this, this zone play. And we're going to have one, you know, Brees try and break off a one cut up the outside, but then it's like, Oh, a third and two. And we need just Michael Carter to put his head down and just muscle his way through. He can do that as well too. So um, I loved what we've seen from this duo. It's great to have a run game. Like I, I know we don't, we, we talk about in the NFL now, the lack of importance of a running back, but having a good running game for a young quarterback and a shifty at best offensive line, you know, it's starting to get healthier. It's starting to get a little bit better. That run game is so pivotal. Um, and especially when you have a guy like LaFleur who can really design up a, a good run game um, as well there too. So the run game was fantastic. Zach to me, you know, played one of his better games um, that I, I think we've seen in his career. And it wasn't like it was, you know, he's had highlight plays before he's danced around and made some crazy throws and those are really exciting. But in terms of just solid play from a quarterback, that's all you really want there. Uh, a lot of his, you know, intermediate to deep passes were crisp. They were on target. He worked the sidelines extremely well. You know, Corey Davis, Mr. Third down again, he has just been so reliable um, as this third wide receiver for them. You know, some of the some of the throws are still a little bit off target, but that's every quarterback in the league. I don't think we can nitpick him for accuracy when there are far there are quarterbacks that are far less accurate than he is. The zip on the ball is nice. The spirals tight. The velocity is good. Um, really, I, I, I think and you're starting to see as he gets further along the confidence in his weapons around him just makes you feel like if they can keep stringing together play like this, the offense has a lot more potential than what we've seen. Cause I thought it looked great. Um, a lot of their drives did start in favorable field position, you know, especially in the fourth quarter when they're getting those, you know, the stop on fourth down and they've got the ball on their side of the field. And then the interception uh, where they are essentially at the two yard line afterwards too. So a lot of the scoring in the fourth quarter definitely was just being in good field position, but you can see where the offense can go um, just based off of, of confidence and just building up the reps together as a football team. I totally agree. And I can't wait to get into the defense because they were just balling all day, but Zach Wilson to put a bow on it. My, my man's two and O as a starter yeah. this year. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yes. He and is. you know, with a record like that, he's got the best record among all the rookie QBs, um, which is just awesome for, hmm. I don't know. It's just, at least Zach Wilson hasn't been like the worst and been terrible and he's been all right through two games. And I love to see that. Um, to, to just take a couple more seconds on the, uh, on the running game to talk about Michael Carter for a second. I mean, I love him. We always say this, but he literally just, he will not go down on the first tackle. Like he will always get a yard or two more than you think he will. And, and so on that third and two, you know, where, where all of a sudden it's like, Oh, is he down in the backfield? No, he somehow gets his foot loose and dives forward for the first. And, his ability to to run block too is like mm -hmm. it's like who you wouldn't think Brees wouldn't be the run blocker of this duo but his ability is just it's awesome um and then just to talk about Brees Hall a little bit more he you're you're talking about his ability to um be patient and find holes and what I absolutely love to see is just the improvement from week one to two to three mm -hmm. to here we are in, in week five. And I think he's talked about it where, you know, he'll, he will, he'll be watching the film and he'll see like, Oh, right here, this opened up for me. And kind of the criticism of him was he's got to hit the 
hole harder. He's got to stop dancing around and just go for it. And now he really is, he's continuing to be patient, but is understanding where the holes are going to open up for him, or at least that's what he's been doing these past two weeks. And so to see that step forward of just like improvement that, that makes sense and that shows the guy's working hard and doing what he needs to do it is just awesome to see. And, you know, this team wants to run the ball. We've talked about it all the time. And through the first four games, that's not what we were doing. We were a 45-plus pass attempt team because we were behind in games, and that was how we were able to move the ball. So if we can get this running game going, and then that will really open things up for Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore and Corey Davis to really get things going, you know, I think, I think this offense has a ton of potential. Um, and, and especially not even for this year, but just, you know, in the years moving forward, I think things are really looking up for this offense. And that's the thing when you draft and you have this really young team, it's like, when are these guys are, are going to be on the team for a while. I mean, you know, it's uh, Elijah and Michael, uh, Elijah Moore, Michael Carter in their second years, Carrot Wilson and Brees, they're in their first, you know, Corey Davis, I would assume you keep him around for that third. Yeah. I would pick up the third year on his deal at this point. So it's like it's a very young offense where it's like the nucleus is in place for this to just consistently keep getting better. You know, you add in a few pieces to shore up the offensive line um, and then everything should be good there. I really love too. Um, I think we got to see it a lot more this week than we had previously having Brees and Michael out there at the same time. I mm-hmm. love seeing those designs up there as well, too. I thought, you know, it, it's so funny because it uh, LaFleur keeps finding these ways to to get cute and the direct snap to Michael Carter was nice, too. And it, it makes you think of just all the fun ways that they're going to scheme up these playmakers, because at the end of the day, it's kind of like what the Dolphins plan is offense. Let's just get the ball to our playmakers and let them work. And when you've got a good offensive mind like that, it's it's going to make life a lot easier for them. So it was cool seeing uh, Michael and Brees out there on the field together um, because you you can, you know, when you are just, you stress out a defense when you've got too many players on the field to worry about. You know, that's what makes Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle so difficult to defend is they are two guys that you have to be kind of worried about. If you're going to go out there and you're going to put out Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Michael Carter, and Brees Hall, those are four guys you got to keep your eyes on. Um, they're not, you know, at the elite level of a Tyreek or Jalen Waddle, but they're still playmakers that you have to worry that can each do, you know, burst off a 50-yard run or catch if they if they get the opportunity to do so. Um, so all in all, I liked what I saw from the offense. The offensive line I thought did a pretty good job. You know, we've seen, you know, Dwayne Brown coming back now at left tackle. Shout out to Elijah Vera Tucker for moving over to yet another position and yeah, still doing right just fine. So, you know, he's, he's been one of those guys, like you say, when you talk about the young nucleus on offense, it's like when you just have talented players, it's just, it's like, how can you not be excited about the future for the jets right now? Um, I thought the line. I am, yeah, go ahead. I am a little bummed uh, with, with AVT moving positions. Is that going to like, ruin his chances to to be a pro bowler because he's not it's it's gonna mess position. it's gonna mess up voting it, and it that really was my just... big prediction all off season is that avt will be a pro bowler so so i'd like to see him settle in somewhere i'd like to see um that's kind of like the the one thing that we haven't seen that we're hoping for from this team is just getting to see five offensive linemen you know play three four five weeks in a row together um mm-hmm. so that will obviously continue to be something to watch but with Dwayne Brown back did seem like the offensive line was was playing a little better so yeah I thought I thought they had played I was really all in all I was kind of underwhelmed by the Dolphins defense you know I really hyped them up last week there were a lot of playmakers on their on their defense that I I really enjoy 
but I don't think they they really showed much of, of anything, especially up front too. It didn't seem, you know, there were plays where Zach was under duress and he had to dance around and, and make moves, but all in all, I, I really expected a much more physical uh, performance from them and, and the Jets either really shut him down or it was just an off day for them. Regardless, it was enough for, for the Jets to, uh, to be able to put up some points there. Um, yeah, I guess to be fair, they have let up a lot of points this season. They have, they have. Um, so maybe they're not the best defense, but Hey, you can't choose who you play. Nope. No, you cannot. And and the Dolphins, look, I, and it goes into like, you can't predict that Teddy Bridgewater is going to get hurt on the first play. And then all of a sudden you've got a second quarterback stepping in, making his professional debut. Um, but a win's a win, the three and two, and and they're moving along this season, you know, hoping to build off of that. So like you said, you, you, you have to play who's in front of you. You have no other choice. Yeah. And, and, and should we, should we get into this defense? You got anything else offensively you want to highlight? No, um, no. Yeah. All but I was going to say, quiet day from the receivers, I guess, but but it's just it yeah. was kind of one of those things. Zach Wilson, 14 completions, spreading it around. Um, you know, everyone kind of did what they had to do. And despite the lack of like a star, you know, you're seeing the offense work and you're seeing, um, you know, the passing game and the running game complement each other. So not a big deal to me. Not to get, I, I don't want to just like force negativity in there, but what do you, what have you thought about CJ Uzama so far this year? Cause it's been kind of just not, I really. think, and, and there were even he, some run blocking, there were run blocking plays yet on, on Sunday that just, he was, uh, he got blown over with and, and you know, yeah, caused negative plays. He missed like the first three or four games or, or three of the he first was out four. For, right? I think it was a cut co- the first couple. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he's kind of getting back into it. it. It's been clear to me and I, a lot of, uh, people were kind of pr- projecting this in the off season, but it's, it's been clear that like Conklin is, Conklin's is the, the go-to pass catching tight end and Uzama's more in there to run block. Um, I, I haven't watched his like run blocking super specifically, so I'm not really sure there, but, but I, I don't know. I think we brought them in for a reason and they're, they're going to, con- I think he's going to continue to get better. I'm not like super worried about him. He got banged up in week one, just to clarify. Yeah. Got banged up in week one, missed week two, but has been back since then. Has been um, back, yeah. But yeah, no, it's it's not like it's been a, a an absolute horror, but I just have a few notes on here of some negative run plays that where he Definitely. got kind of tripped up or, or overpowered. Um, but no, that's really all I've got on the offense. Um, how excited are you, you know, of, of this Jets defense? Because, well, listen, let's start with the first play of the game. And yeah. And tone setter. Yeah. First play of the game. I think we got him backed up or, or first defensive snap of the game. We got him backed up on the one or two yard line. Braden Mann, our punter. What a phenomenal game from him. Um, but on the first defensive snap, we send sauce Gardner on a safety or on a corner blitz and, you know, essentially get the sack hurt Teddy Bridgewater, which is unfortunate for him um and and get the intentional grounding and it's like what a fucking start you know what a fucking start and what i absolutely love about that play and i'm gonna jump around here a little bit but but the decision from this jets defensive coaching staff to we're going to to implement (laughs) to implement a corner blitz which they don't do like they haven't run corner blitzes and that was just part of the game plan today um which was awesome. Like, I love the fact that they were like, hey, 
we're going to kind of switch things up. We're going to surprise the Dolphins. They're not going to know. You know, obviously, Coach Sala and Mike McDaniel are very close. They kind of know what each other like to do. So, so to see that the first play was so awesome, and it was just like hats off to the coaching staff. Um, and then, obviously, just to start this conversation off, Teddy goes out. The third-string quarterback comes in immediately. And then from there, it was just kind of like, what is this offense really going to do against us? Yeah. Um, and, and that's really how it felt. It felt like the defense just said, listen, you're not going to do anything. What, what's their quarterback's name? I'm blanking on it right now. Skylar Thompson. Uh, Skylar Thompson. Like that doesn't, that sounds like a third string quarterback. Remember Skylar? Remember Skylar from Ocean City? Skylar yes. Tanner? Yeah. Shout out Skylar. <laughs> He's probably listening right now. He is big. Um, but yeah, dude, it, the, the defense played awesome. I, I wanted to start with that first play and now I'll let you kind of, kind of go for it. We went to the same exact spot because it's, it's, you know, if we know anything about this defense, it is just let them work in between the twenties and really tighten up. It's a bend, don't break. And I think that he probably knew that getting Teddy in there, you want to get him comfortable early. And what's the earliest way to get a quarterback comfortable on his first drive it is to fake the run because everybody thinks you're going to run to start off a football game. That's just how a majority of games I feel like always start off that first and 10 run, but we're just going to get an easy play action, get Teddy B in rhythm quickly. And I think Sala knew that was coming and he sent sauce just flying down there. Great hit got in there just in time. Of course, you know, goes down. You're never rooting for an injury, but something like that does give it an advantage to the defense. Um, and then, like you said, it moved on forward. It set the tone. The jets were, you know, really strong on defense. I do think that they, I was surprised how well at points the Dolphins were able to run the ball, just given of their, I guess, lack of ability to do so to begin the season. I don't think there was ever just like an explosive run game for them. It was a lot through the pass, but also to go with that, Mike McDaniel is one of the, is probably the best run play designer in all of football right now. So I, I take that with a grain of salt. I think it was just a, a really good game plan from McDaniel, knowing he was going in there with Teddy B and then also having to pivot to Skylar Thompson there. Um, but the defense as a whole, look, you know, there are those plays. It's so funny. It happened two or three times where you have a quarterback in there that doesn't have a great arm, but they still want to throw bombs to Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. And it's just the easiest way in the world to get a defensive pass interference called on you is to just yeah. on a go route, have a quarterback under throw you, the receiver goes back for it, the corner's there, and then all of a sudden it turns into a 40-yard play. So that happened uh, on the first drive underthrown ball on a third and one it was against sauce and that just moved the ball down there for Miami um you know there were some plays where Miami shot themselves in the foot there was a holding call on a third and 10 run by Thompson and uh, there were a few plays where Thompson gets out of the pocket and he's moving with his feet he is an athletic quarterback and it's one of those things where you know we want to see the quarterback stuck in the pocket especially when they're mobile and young you want to keep them in there and really hound down on him but the uh the Jets matched the speed perfectly well on the back end I want to say I thought the safeties had a second strong game um, I don't really think there was a ton of bad from what I saw from Whitehead and and LaMarcus Whitehead had some Definitely. great plays in the run game as well too so two weeks in a row now where I've been pleased with them after they had a terrible start to the season the corners are fucking fantastic I know Reed had a couple of plays that didn't go his way but Sauce I, I don't know do you want to just like take a step back and talk about Sauce for just a second because he already looks like one of the better cornerbacks in the game and and there's this weird thing where it's like okay yes he has faced Skylar Thompson he's faced Mitch and Kenny and he's faced uh Jacoby Brissett 
but all of those teams have had really talented wide receivers Elite and sauce is always there. So some of the best receivers in football sauce has been locked down. I I'm, I guess I'm rambling and then just stopping at sauce. So if there's anything I said beforehand, you want to talk about go right ahead. But if you want to talk anything about sauce, uh, take it well, away. We'll, we'll get back to all the, all the before stuff, but yeah, sauce, I mean, you said it. And the big worry about coming into this year was the beginning of the schedule and was especially, you know, how are, how are, is this young secondary and new corners going to play against some of the best receivers in the league? And that's, you know, quite frankly, what we've been going up against. Um, And, and yeah, I mean, he has 100% come out to play. It was awesome to see him get his first pick. It was awesome to see it happen on like him making a great play as opposed to kind of just like a ball that falls into his lap. Um, and to talk about just the two corners together with sauce and DJ, they like really, really give this defense an identity in my opinion. And, and really you kind of just see like we're walking around with swagger and, and really teams haven't been able to throw outside on us. I mean, obviously they have to some extent, but, but for the majority of the season, the the outside receivers have not been blowing up on the Jets. And and even when a lot of the plays they have made, our corners have been in pretty good position and the receivers just make a good play. So I could not be more high on these on these uh these cornerbacks and and Sauce Gardner. I mean, you have it right here in the dock, defensive rookie of the year. I mean, I think he's on track. He's Who's playing better? Stingley no hasn't looked better, you know, like none of these Stingley's other guys have looked better. Been he really has been good, good he, but, but I wouldn't better. say better. They've, yeah. they've probably been around the same. He's been great. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, sauce has been awesome. And I do just want to talk about the game as a whole. Yes. The one, the one negative from today was, um, was, or from this week was that, you know, they, they were able to run the ball on us. Um, I personally think that was the game plan. And I think that was just like, this is what we're going to give them because we have to defend Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, you know, granted, granted, you did have a third string quarterback and Waddle missed a ton of the game um, being off the field with injuries and stuff. But but the Jets went out and executed the game plan that they almost certainly went in, which was we need to shut down this passing game, not let them just outrun us and have big plays. And we'll, we'll give Raheem Mostert a couple big plays on the ground. Mm-hmm. Really the only two part of the game where the dolphins had any momentum was that, that classic, uh, yeah. you know, double up time where they, they scored right at the end of the half and then scored again at the beginning of the half, got 10 points. And then other than that, it really was just, uh, it felt like the jets were dominating the whole game. So sure. You could nitpick that a little, but I personally think the run defense is the strength of our team so far. So to just say, Hey, we're going to kind of trust you guys and we're just going to play back. I thought that was great coaching. No, and that's and that's a really good point because you want to keep the offense in front of you. And and if the number one at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, Mostert had a great day, but I'd rather Mostert have a great day than Tyreek Hill taking two 60 yard bombs for touchdowns because Mostert can work between the 20s. It's a lot easier to defend those wide receivers once you get to it takes the takes a lot zone. longer. So it's too. Like, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So. You know, at the end of the day, I would much rather you're right. It's not it's not more so that they they probably were just like number one priority is just making sure that we do not let 
Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill make our lives miserable. Let's keep the football in front of us and and just hope that you know Moster doesn't break a couple of those for touchdowns. So no, that's that's a really good point there. Um, totally agree with you on the corners. I I there have been some plays. I mean, this team is so fucking fast. We talk about it every single week. They just fly around on the back end. Um, and and Quan had a really strong game as well too. I've loved what we've seen out of him. Quan, man, it's he just has like, been he has been what we hoped when we were like we got to sign this guy and hopefully he's got something in the tank. Here he fucking is. Yeah, and it's funny because like we he he was talked about being a jet. It was like one of our, it was so early on in our, yeah. in us doing this show where we're just March, like, Hey, Quan Alexander's early. around. And, <laughs> yeah. and it's like, he gets signed a few weeks before the season starts and you're like, Hey, they finally did it. Maybe he's got something left in the tank. He's got more than something left in the tank. They took his time yeah. to get him healthy. They eased him in. And he had, he had the big stop on, on fourth and one that set up um, the, the jets to then score. I believe what was probably their final touchdown of the day or the second to last. No. Yeah. Their final touchdown of the day. It was uh, it was Jordan Whitehead stopped on a third and one run, and then Quan Alexander came out to the outside because they got cute. They did a fake fullback dive, and then they yep. pitched it to the outside, and Quan came down and made the stop there. Um, we're for, we're not even talking about the 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 best play of the day. Quinn and Williams. Yeah, the the Carl Lawson strip sack to get the ball into Quinn and Williams' hand, and then the stiff arm on Tyreek. And I think this leads to a bigger point too. We've already mentioned it a few times. The confidence that this Jets team is playing with, it's like a team that understands the opportunity that's in front of them and the momentum that we are all seeing them build. They feel that as well, too, because, look, that that wasn't a game they were supposed to go in and win. You know, the Miami, I understand two was out and you're dealing with a backup quarterback. And it's not like Teddy is some world beater, but he's been around for a while. But that's a game that, you know, I think most people expected Miami to still be, you know, take care of the Jets. And this is the Jets saying like, hey, we're not the Jets of old throw us your backup quarterback and we're going to make life difficult for him. And we're going to change what your team needs to do. And, uh, and it's just cool to see plays like that. No, it doesn't. You don't get style points for anything like that. You know, it, it looked great. And it's a, it's a yes, highlight. That, <laughs> it's a highlight that you'll get to cherish, especially Tyreek. You know, he, he had a choice yeah. to join the jets and he joined the dolphins and, uh, and it was tax purposes that went in there. But at the end of the day, it was a really cool play and it's cool to just see the jets, not be miserable. It, it is. It's cool yeah. to see them enjoy the play. And, and when you've got a player's coach like Sala too, that is, I mean, God, I'm surprised he doesn't get penalized five times a game for being halfway out of the football field. It's like, they, I know they, his get back guy him, sucks. His get get back guy is, he's always just like, <laughs> he's like, fuck yeah. you, get out of here. I'm celebrating. Yeah. It's just cool to see this team carry swagger around and it's being matched with wins. Yeah. And, and, and that like mentality for this defense has kind of been the story of the past two weeks where, and, and it, and it truly has been just like executing the way this defense wants to be ran. Ben don't break. They're going to get some plays on you, but at the same time, you're going to kind of hold when you need to, you'll get a, a holding penalty or something that puts them behind the sticks and forces them to punt. Um, and the ability for this defense to just fly around and force turnovers the past two weeks has been unbelievable and and it, and it speaks to you know how fast they are and and the amount of effort that they play with just oh a ball's tipped down and it looks like it's gonna just hit the ground and then someone dives and makes a play and, and we get the ball um that's been such a huge key you know obviously turnovers are so huge in winning football games winning the turnover battle and they've really I mean we talked about it with the offense it kind of didn't feel like the offense had to do all that much 
despite no. being a 40 point win, because we just continuously were getting the ball at the 50 or the 40 or the two. Like it, it, it was just over and over again of, of this defense making plays and then us just being able to run the ball, which again is exactly what we want to see from this Jets team and is the best way to see Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson kind of ascend and give him the opportunities he needs. Um, to focus in a little bit, we haven't even brought up the defensive line today. Um, great fucking game from them from a pass mm-hmm. rush perspective. Oh, and yeah. I think that was what was so huge. Again, we're playing this Skylar Thompson guy, third string quarterback, doesn't have the best arm. But then you pair that with we were giving him absolutely no time at all to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. And when you the Dolphins just could not throw, they couldn't throw outside of of they couldn't throw to their outside receivers at all because they didn't have the time and Skylar Thompson isn't that good. So you mix that with with our defensive line just being in his face every second and and you're going to get the result you got today. Um, Carl Lawson had seven QB hits along with that strip strip sack. He's second in the league now doubled his number. He had seven before. So that's hilarious. <laughs> really. I mean, we talked about Carl Lawson kind of showing up last game. This was really his coming out party of the season. Quinnen was fucking balling all day in the backfield. Franklin Myers had his best game of the year, which mm-hmm. this is. He's the one that uh, tipped or hit Thompson's arm that went into Sauce's yep. interception. Yeah, yeah. So he's in on that one. It, again, we can talk about about the the injuries to the Dolphins and all these things. But regardless of all that, this is the blueprint for. OK, what do you want the Jets defense to do? You want us to have lockdown on like the passing uh, threats and the, the receivers and you want our our defensive line to have a strong pass rush and get to the quarterback. That's what we did. Offensively, you want to be able to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And you want your quarterback to make enough plays, not lose us the game. That's what we did. I mean, this was the prototype of how you hope every single Jets game goes. And this de- it starts with this defense. It really does. I mean, if the defense doesn't have force four turnovers or whatever it was, it's not a 40 to 17 point blowout. It's not. But because of the way it is and the way they've been playing, I mean, we were able to just kind of put our put our uh, foot on their throats. Yeah. Fuck, Look, man. It, it's got to be exciting. I'm amped like, up. And, you know, to extend it even to the third, because we, we talk about the offense and the defense so much, and you mentioned man, but the special teams as a whole, the Jets, I, I think, are second in special teams DVOA this year so far. They're in the top three somewhere there. Game in and game out. And it, a field position is so fucking helpful. At the end. And we talk about the defense, you know, getting those fourth down stops and the turnovers and how that's helpful. But you know, Braxton having good returns every once in a while and always having to pin the Dolphins or any any opponent back inside their 20. Perfectly executed game. We've heard, and, and you know, we'll eventually talk about the Packers game coming up. We heard Matt LaFleur talking about how, like, he's worried about the Jets' you know, uh, strength on special teams simply because their returner fumbled twice the week before. So it's this is a well-rounded team, and you have to be good in all three uh, to be a competitive and consistent football team. And, and special teams has been absolutely fantastic for the Jets so far this year. No, it's a fact. Shout out Brant Boyer. I mean, this yep. is his third regime, I think his fifth year, something like that. You know you're good when you last through three. three through Adam Gase. <laughs> like, how yeah. do you last through Adam Gase? That doesn't make any sense. Like, here he is. Um, yeah, no. And, and I mean, I'll just throw a shout out to uh, Justin Hardy. 
who we uh yeah. he just like always is he's the gunner on the punts and is always down there and you know every once in a while he'll miss a tackle but 90 percent of the time he's in on that tackle and excuse me man yeah the special teams i mean it just shows like the kind of effort and the, the type of like the jets truly regardless of like overall talent how this season goes like the culture has changed and we can see it. And it's why we had the discussions we had where it's like, it feels like you can't fire Joe Douglas regardless of how this season goes. But then at the same time, it's like, well, but if it's really bad, then you kind of have to, that's kind of the, it's like, okay, yes, but he has been making the right moves. You know what I mean? Like the draft picks have been balling. The free agents have been doing what they need to do. Like things are going the right direction. 100%. Yeah, I don't know how you could I don't know how you could take a look at this and and say and and obviously there's so much season left what we're we're 5 games in so realistically absolute worst case scenario they don't win a game the rest of the way they're 3 and 14 at the end of the year. Now that's not going to happen. But in the case it does you start to reevaluate and a lot of things would have to go wrong in that way. So but based off what we've seen through 5 weeks you're exactly right the draft picks. I mean Outside of that first draft when they were, you know, I guess building a team and Gase had more say there than Douglas did. They were building for a different kind of franchise. And even some of those guys have still been able to stick around. But outside of that, Michael Carter, Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, you know, uh, Elijah Vera Tucker. You know, we saw how good Becton was when he's healthy. Joe Douglas came in and immediately had the respect as one of those guys, you know, coming from Philadelphia that had built up such a rapport as being, you know, one of the better consistent front offices in all of football you go and you pluck the vp of person uh personnel vp of player personnel personnel, bring him over there there was a lot of hype that went into that of like this is this is a good gm and there has been really what we've seen this team become there is zero question that he's lived up to that and and it's now it's just okay how do you keep adding those pieces along the way because look it's if you're going to be a good team you're not going to be picking three. You're not going to be picking four. You know, you're going to be picking in the teens. How can you find your talent there? But he's consistently find, got found guys in the late rounds too. So um, shout out to, to to Joe Douglas because he's built himself uh, a team that sh- is on the rise and, and should be um, he should be very excited about moving forward with. Definitely, definitely. And, yeah, and he just like, I don't even know where I'm going here. I brain farted, but the Jets are fucking awesome, man. <laughs> oh, and and it's just like I think the best part about what what's happened so far and being three and two. Again, we keep talking about like all these hurdles that they're coming over. You know, we've gotten wins in September. We've gotten um, a division win now. We've we've overcome and have a winning record. Like all this great stuff. I think the next hurdle is most certainly going to be like okay, let's be the team with a regular quarterback, like a real quarterback, even if that's just like Kirk Cousins or like something like that, you know, like beat a team that doesn't have a backup. Um, But my point is that the best part about this three and two start, in my opinion, has been how all of the analysts and, and like everyone, including us, me, you, yes. the, The beginning of the schedule is supposed to be what was hard. Like a lot of people were like, we might be 0 and 10. We might be one and nine. Two and eight would be a blessing. And it's like a lot yeah. of people, you still thought the Jets could muster their way to like seven wins with a terrible start like that. And so now here we are. It kind of feels like we're playing house money. Like, what? We got four games left to the bye. 
worst case scenario, we lose them all and we're sitting at three and six. I could still see this t- team winning seven games to finish out the year, eight games Especially, to finish out the year. Yeah. I mean, the, the back half of the schedule is is winnable game after winnable game. However they fall, that's how it falls. And and I think every game that we steal in this stretch just kind of, I, I mean, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I, I, I am at least thinking like fucking in the hunt late in the season. I am thinking this Jets team is going to be in it um, to make the playoffs. So it'll be interesting. I think the, these next four weeks are going to be really um, tough and, and, and kind of indicative of like, okay, are we a, you know, Vikings team that can fuck around and make the playoffs or are we closer to like a lions who are going to get some wins and put up big points, but still are going to kind of be that lower tier of the league. Obviously we have to see that, but I mean, it does feel like we're playing with house money to some extent, at least through these first five weeks, because we've kind of stolen two wins where a lot of people thought we'd be one and five, one and four at this point. I would have said one and four at the beginning of the season. I probably would have said he would have sneak snuck one out between either Pittsburgh or Cleveland. I would have said right. that would have been one of them. And that would have probably been the only one. And yeah, you're right. Now you've gotten kind of, you, you've got breathing room. You can go through a couple of losses and be like, well, if this team is one that we still want to be in the hunt, like the way the schedule finishes out they're they're more than uh, in a good position for that. So you have to be thrilled with the start. Um, you can argue who they've beaten and who they've lost to. And you can say that's bad and that's good. But at the end of the day, they're three and two, five weeks in, and and they're not going to apologize for it. Fuck no. God, we have a winning record. Winning record. And Teddy, you get to take on a bad man next week. Talk about it. Talk about playing. Talk about playing a real quarterback. Finally. I know. I know. It, it, it does. We got the Packers coming up. It does kind of feel again. It's kind of like this. Dolphins. It's, t- it's like we're catching them at a good time, you know, Good time to catch the, the Green Bay Packers. But the, the Green Bay Packers are one of those teams where, like, regardless of how they've been, you kind of always expect them to just go out and be dominant. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't know where we should start here. I mean, do you have any like strong takes anywhere? Any anything you want to start with here with this Jets Packers matchup? I guess what I would be interested in is I'm curious of how the defense is going to game plan against this offense, because on one hand, you are dealing with one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Aaron Rodgers is undoubtedly, you know, back to back MVP. I personally have said up until I saw Patrick Mahomes play, I thought he was the most talented thrower of the football I've ever seen. Not that he's the greatest because Tom Brady without a doubt is but in terms of just arm talent Aaron Rodgers consistently throughout his career has just been one of those guys where it's just like how the fuck do you stop him so you've got him but you've also got him in this stage now where he's a little banged up he's got a finger injury still gonna play he's still trying to figure out what this offense is with his wide receivers and then on the other hand it can be a really good run game with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon so is it is it an approach like with Miami, where you're just like, we'll let them take it through the 20s. We just don't want to let Aaron Rodgers mess with our day. It's not the receivers anymore like it was with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, but it's just, are we going to let Aaron Rodgers pick us apart or are we going to step up front? We're going to say our DBs can handle these wide receivers easily. We've seen them take on Jamar Chase, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle. They can handle Romeo Dobbs and, and Christian Watson. And we're just going to play physical up front. We're going to stop Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. So to me, when I look at the game in terms of a game planning, it's going to be really interesting to see how Albrick and Sala kind of approach taking on this Packers offense. 
Yeah, I think that's a super good point. I mean, you never want to allow Aaron Rodgers to just be playing against single high all day. You know, you don't. But with that being said, I do think that the strength of this team and the playmakers on this team are Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And I think the receivers, you know, they have talent. They can get it done. I don't, I, I you know, I like Romeo Dobbs. Christian Watson's young. Obviously, I, I think Lazard is fine. But their receivers don't really scare me, you know, to a crazy extent. So I do think most of the game plan will be, you know, let's, let's try to not let this team run on us and then we'll, we'll do what we got to do to, to kind of slow down Aaron Rodgers in this passing game. Um, Cause I really do think that Aaron Jones is the number one threat, you know, running and passing on this team. I think he's the guy who, especially you just think back of, of all the jets games the past few years up till this season. And it's just like running backs, can just get it going against us a lot of times. Um, mm-hmm. So that is kind of my biggest worry would be Aaron Jones just having a day. Um, so I think he'll be, he'll, I think we'll definitely see a bit of a different game plan from what you saw last week. I think it's going to be a lot more focused on stopping the run. Um, but again, with all that being said, then you got Aaron Rodgers to worry about. Um, and it is, it's kind of one of those weird things because it's how do you view, you know, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, one of the greatest quarterbacks in the league still with kind of subpar receivers. Um, and, and I think it'll be an interesting dynamic, but I think it's a, a huge test for the defense. And I think the offense is tasked with, again, Hey, come out and run the ball and be able to hold on to the ball and, and try to control time of possession as much as you can, because the way you're going to win this game is keeping Aaron Rodgers off the field. Yeah, and, and you, you take a look at some of their past results and, and who the Packers have played this season and, and you know, most recently them losing to the Giants over in London Town, uh, 27-22. It's not like... Yeah, that was wild, huh? It's not like the Giants had... A, and you're trying, you're looking at the box score and you're like, how'd they come up with this win? And it's not like anything was super crazy. I mean, Daniel Jones, for what it's worth, you know, no touchdowns, no picks, but 21-27 to 27 for 217 yards. That's a pretty good day for him. On the ground game, they didn't get a ton going. Saquon had 70 on 13 carries, and, and Daniel Jones put in about 40, but it wasn't like they were electric either. And you look at the Packers, and I mean, you know, Cobb had a really big day for them. That's another guy in there, too. It's it's really the wide receivers have come down to this point where it's like, who does Aaron Rodgers trust? And no, Randall Cobb is not the most talented guy on that team, but he's got the trust of Aaron Rodgers, so he gets the Jameson seven Crowder catches. Exactly, the exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because they haven't they're still a good football team and they're still probably one of the best teams in the NFC and in the NFL as a whole, too. But you're catching them into this this part of the season where they just they they've kind of looked a little shitty the last few weeks. So you're just like, what what version of the Packers are we going to get this uh, this week when the Jets come into town? Yeah. And, and, and you know, going back to what I said right at the top of this or, or pretty close, like. I'm ready to kind of believe in this Jets team, you know, and God damn, that's still scary despite all the success we've had so far. But, but regardless of, of win or loss, this is another, another week where we're sitting here and we're saying this Packers team does not look as scary as they did when the season started. When we're looking at our schedule, us having to play the Packers in week six is not the same that we thought it would be. And the fact of the matter is they have struggled. I mean, they've really struggled to put up points. I think 
yeah, the last two weeks they put up over 20 and then against the bears they did, but all the others, they're 14 and under. Um, This is a game the jets should 100% go in and, and be in, you know, and, and whether, whether they come away with the win or not, you know, obviously I think they, I want them to win. I think they have a chance. I think they can put together another, another great game. But, but no part of me thinks this game should be a blowout. No part of me thinks that the, the Packers should be, you know, dominating the Jets here. And that has me thinking, let's play a game. Do you know the spread of this game? I just looked it up, so I do. You did. Okay. Do well, you know I it? don't. Is it like Take six? A guess. Six and a half? Seven and a half. Okay. So so even that, I'm I'm like a little surprised by and and I know it is in in Lambo and like we don't want to overreact and whatever but I don't see the Packers beating the Jets by a touchdown like maybe they can beat them but I I don't think I think this Jets team can hang around yeah it really just comes down to it's one of those things where it's like what's the best way to say this it's at the end of the day it's you know the Packers you're expecting them because over the last few years they've had their stinkers each season but they've ended the year as like a 14 or a 13 win team so at the end of the day they always come out being one of these polished teams you know you think they started off the 2021 season with like a 38 to 3 loss to the Saints in New Orleans this is kind of what they do exactly they they fumble up a little bit and they figure it out and they get things going and it really just takes time for Rodgers to get accommodated to what new pieces are around him and it's the story every year and this year more importantly because he lost Devontae Adams you know he doesn't have his number one guy in there so this is probably the longest we've seen them try and figure things out but you assume just over the last few years that there is a point they're going to figure it out um I do there's the seven and a half is a great point because there is something about you know, NFL teams get the choice when they play a game in London, they can take the buy immediately after, or if they think they're going to be a good team, they can save it for later in the season. I did not know that they chose to save it for later in the season. So you're getting a jet lagged Packers team who also just lost to the giants and hasn't looked great. So you're like, man, if the jets are, you know, ascending a little bit here and the Packers are still stalled, maybe this shouldn't be a seven and a half point spread. And maybe we should be saying it's more in that five four Vegas zone range yeah and and I guess that is (laughs) that is kind of like the biggest worry I mean outside of all X's and O's it's kind of like the Bengals game where it it did feel like like, yes this this Bengals team is beatable for sure the Jets have looked okay but at the end of the day like (laughs) the Bengals need to win here and that is kind of how it feels for the Packers I mean what's the Packers record right now three and Two and three, three and two, three and two, three and two. They won three games in a row, and they're trailing in the division. They've got they've got Minnesota ahead of them in the division too. So it's it's one of those where you gotta not only are yeah you're a winning football team, but you also have to worry about a divisional foe who already has a win over you as well too. So they're they're they are in yeah as in desperate mode as you can be as a three and two football team it's and even outside of record it's like they just lost to the giants and say what you want about the giants the giants are what are the giants three and two four and one one. four and that is crazy i don't understand how the giants and the oh well the bears lost to the giants so never mind but yeah i keep it's like annoying that the giants are doing better than the jets when the jets finally have a winning record yep because i i think the jets are better (laughs) It's just been Saquon, you know, just doing what he's got to do. But I don't know. I forgot what I was going to say. Fucking we can win this game. It's fucking scary, though, because it's stupid Aaron Rodgers coming off a loss to the other, you know, 
overrated, not as good as their <laughs> record team. New York teams. Like, you know, it, like, it's like it's that like that is how the, it feels. If you're on the front end of that, you're like, oh yeah, we're the we're the New York team that that took care of the Packers. The Packers going to lose to the Giants and the Jets in consecutive weeks. That's where the storyline yeah. keeps buying up. Where it's like, are you yeah. really going to lose to both of those teams? And and I do, you know, Blake and I like to gamble for sure. I'm and addicted. I've been, I've been riding the Jets this year, and you know what? It's been working out. It it's been awesome. I've been taking a money line. I've been taking them plus the plus uh, the spread or whatever, but. This does feel like one of those games where if I was not a Jets fan, I would look at it and I would say, this is such a perfect spot for the Jets to underwhelm and the Packers to overwhelm and, you know, kind of just come out and, and really win. But, 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 like I said, I'm buying into this Jets team. I don't think we're going to kind of regress to being blown out and just looking horrible. I think we're going to be able to put up a fight. I definitely think we can cover the seven and a half. And, and just to all you gamblers out there, if you see it at, at six and a half, buy the half point to seven. You always want to be at seven at you least. You love buying You always, you always, always buy the, the half point. Buying that point. But I'm trying to think of a score prediction here. I, but we haven't even talked to me. We haven't even <laughs> talked about my biggest concern with this game. All right. Give it to me. Give it to me. I just, the Packers defense does scare me. Especially in matchup wise, it's they're always they, really good too. All three levels, all three <laughs> levels, they've got guys. Kenny Clark at nose tackle is fantastic. Their linebackers are some of the best. It's the best group in football right now. You've got Rashawn Gary, who was uh, your first round pick out of Michigan. I think he went fourth or twelfth overall. That was the year the Packers had two first round picks. You've got Devondre Campbell. You've got Quay Walker, who fell so far back in this past year's draft because of like medical concerns. He's been fantastic. Preston Smith as well too. Those are four linebackers there that are I, they worry you. Then in the the secondary, Darnell Savage is great. Uh, he was a FCS guy out of uh, Delaware. I love hitting yeah. you with the colleges for all these guys. And then one of the Appreciate best cornerbacks in football, and Jair Alexander. So yeah, I love Jair too. Worry, <sighs> my big worry comes into we've seen this offense. You know, not it, you know it 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 played better than I thought it would against the defenses of Pittsburgh and Miami. It really had, it, it exceeded the expectations and, and Pittsburgh, you know, I thought they were just going to, you know, physically overmatch them. Miami, I thought was going to athletically be able to put up a fight. Neither of those came true. So maybe I'm just not giving the jets offense enough respect, but when I think of this game and a team traveling in there, um, it's the defense for green Bay that worries me more than the jets yeah. defense being able to hold up with the Packers offense. Yeah, no, and you're and you're totally right. And I think I think that's kind of been the Packers these past few years, like even throughout some of the offensive struggles that they will have from game to game, the defense has just consistently been solid. Yeah, I will say the one thing that consistently always does come back to bite them in the butt is is their struggle defending the run. So if there was if this is a game plan way for the Jets to just keep Breeze. things close, it's a Brees and Michael Carter game because I mean, you think about, you know, their playoff losses to Tampa Bay and the 49ers, they just get gouged in the run game. And if, if LaFleur can scheme up against his brother here coming into town, we haven't even talked about how cool that is. I just, I love getting oh my God. brothers going wow. up against each other. Yeah, so it's I forgot about cool storylines in that area, but um, you know, being able to, to establish the, the, the ground game that it it's, it's, then it becomes, it's a lot easier for the defense because Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be on the field that often. So if you can get stuff going in the ground game and Zach doesn't have to do too much, 
obviously that sounds like the dumbest thing in the world because that's the answer for winning football games. It's, it's, you know, it's time of possession, limiting turnovers, but when you're going into hostile territory against a really good franchise and a really good defense, um, one that has somehow still struggled against the run game, that would be the way where I say the jets can go in there and keep things close and, and, and maybe even get a win. For sure. And, and, and from, from a jets offensive perspective, at least, you know, we're, we're kind of in this new section of the season where we have Zach Wilson. This yeah. is clearly his biggest test. Um, we're going to get mm-hmm. to see him play the best defense that he's played this year. We're going to get to see his ability to scramble, which we weren't able to see against a good defense like the Ravens and weren't able to see against the Bengals. Um, so we'll see how that kind of plays into it. Um Yeah, this isn't going to be a game that the Jets win 40 to 17. You know, it's it's not going to be like this last week with the Dolphins because it, it, what, what the Jets really need to do is try to win this game sloppy, you know, and try to try to hold, hold, um, not let uh, the Packers run the ball really and just get off the field on defense and then, you know, just try to take everything you can make a couple plays and and try to get you know a 23 to 20 win or something like that where somehow you're just kind of playing sloppy and getting away with the win that's what I think the recipe is because as hype as I am about the Jets you know point blank they're just not more talented than the Packers they're not you know what I mean like like and, and obviously maybe their ceiling can be maybe they can grow there but at this moment they're just not a better football team so, yes, they can certainly win if they do the right things, if things break their way, if they kind of capitalize on opportunities. But I, I fully think this is – if the Jets want to win this game, it's going to be a sloppy one, and you know I'm going to pick the Jets to win. And I do do fully believe they have a chance to win. I'm going 23-20, to 20, New York Jets, 4-2. and two. Nice, 4-2. and two, The last New two York weeks Jets. I've been correct. Isn't yeah, that crazy? Yeah, Yes, you have. I was fully ready to pick them and be wrong every week. I uh, I I think I picked them too last week. I think we you both did. picked them to win. So I think I'm... I think you've only been wrong once. I think once it was the Pittsburgh game. Pittsburgh. Yep. Because you love Look, Pittsburgh. Yeah, I do. I do. I love Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the, Sorry. The, to me, for the Jets to win, like you said, it, it it's got to be a little bit sloppy. And then there are those situations where, like, look, special teams for Green Bay has been shaky. It's been great for the Jets. You get a muff punt and all of a sudden, you know, you're sitting there, you block a punt going the other way. You know, some plays like that could play. Does Braxton Berrios, you know, break break off a return for a touchdown? It's going to be plays like that where the Jets can get a break that goes their way. Um, and that's stuff that I guess you can't really predict, but it seems to be the most lopsided advantage coming into Sunday for the Jets. They have the biggest advantage in the special teams game, which you'd rather have it on offensive defense, but at least you got it somewhere. Um, yeah. I, yeah, go ahead. No, I just, I, I don't want to step on your prediction, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that the offense is the thing to watch in this game. It's like, it, how are we going to look against a great defense, you know? And, and if we're able to kind of still move the ball and still score, that's going to make us feel really good. And if we're not, and when we kind of, okay, this is, Hey, a three point six point game, didn't really move the ball, had a couple turnovers you know, <laughs> it's not going to feel good. I don't think it's the end of the world, but no. uh, it, it, that is what we're watching here is how does this offense perform when we're not playing, you know, uh, 
I guess, an elite defense. Yeah. Uh, man, I'm, 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 I keep going back and forth on what I want. I want to predict I, your prediction. Yeah, I'm not let's see it. What do you? No, I'll write let's, it down. I want to hear. hear. You want to? No. You're going to write it down. Well, I want you. I don't want you. I want to you to say it. your prediction first. Write down. Write down my prediction right now. And let me All right, I will. Ready. I will. All right, uh, I'll talk about. I'll I'm talk about. Write. You know what you're going to write? Yeah, I already wrote it. All right. So I will say I do love the over in this game. I've already taken it. I took it on What's Monday. That? It hasn't really moved. It's at 45. So your score, you went with the under there just a little bit. I. I took it on Monday. It's only moved up a point since then. So I got it at 44 and a half. It's at 45 and a half right now, but I am going to take the over there and I am going to go with a Packers win, but it is going to be to the final score of 31 to 26. Damn, damn. All right. Closer, closer. I thought you were going to go with 30, 21. I thought you were going to, I almost Packers. I I almost did 31, 21. I almost did that. Well, hey, I, uh, what has Green Bay shown me? Cover. What has Green Bay shown me to be more than a, a seven and a half point favorite against a competitive team that's playing with momentum right now? The Giants were playing with momentum. It, yes, it's in London and games are weird there, but Giants had a ton of momentum and buzz building around their team. And you walked into that game saying, okay, Pittsburgh, you know, Green Bay, I think they opened up at minus eight and then it grew up to 10. And you're just like, what have we seen from Green Bay? Where where have they dominated outside of the right. Bears? You know, it's like, at what point have they dominated a team? And it's the Bears who are one of the worst teams in football that just don't pass the football. You know, they had 15 attempts, I believe, on Sunday, and that was their highest of the season. Or maybe it was higher than that. But regardless, I just I haven't seen anything to make me think that the Packers against a feisty team can be more than a touchdown favorite. So I'm going to go with the Jets to cover. I do think there will be a lot of points. Um 31-26. I feel like that's that's if you walk out of Sunday and it's a five-point loss and the Jets were in it for the most of the game, maybe there was a garbage time touchdown to pull it to that. At the end of the day, I'm I'm going to be pretty pleased with that result. Obviously, you want the win. I don't want to say you know we should be happy with them losing, but compared to I guess the desperation for Green Bay traveling to to go play them, um, I I think that you should be pleased with a single possession loss. Yeah, I totally agree. This is, this will be an interesting one. You know, I think that the, uh, the Jets Dolphins matchup kind of wasn't the matchup we wanted it to be because with the quarterback injuries and you were kind of hoping to see Tua and, and really get a feel for this rivalry again, which I, I do think we did. The rivalry felt good, but I, like I said, I mean, the next hurdle for this team is to beat beat a team with a real quarterback. Um, so we shall see how that goes. One one more thing. At some point this season, and we're only two weeks into it, so I don't want to say it's going to be this week, but at some point in the season, I want to see like a Zach Wilson takeover game. Just oh, one. Yeah. It doesn't need to be consistent. And, and maybe it's not against Green Bay, but who was one of the first guys to compliment Zach Wilson when he became a pro and was like, this dude's going to be legit? It was Aaron Rodgers. They played in the preseason week one of Zach's rookie season. Or maybe they did joint practices. Maybe that was it. And Rogers yeah, was hyping right. him up right after. Yeah. Go into no, Lambo, put your nuts on the table, and say, I can go toe-to-toe with one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. 
I'll be more than pleased with that. And then, you know what, you'll roll that performance coming into another game the following week where you're catching a team that you look at the beginning of the schedule and you're saying, fuck, man, we got to play the Broncos in Denver. Like they're going to be a juggernaut. They look fucking abysmal so far. So then you're catching another team that you're going in and you're like, we thought this was going to be just chalk it up as a loss, but Hey, we might be actually pretty frisky and competent uh, to go in there and, and knock off Denver. So the stretch that we thought was going to be abysmal, or at least in my eyes, I was like, I would have loved to have gotten three wins out of this entire stretch. We've gotten three wins. So it's now it's like you said, we're playing with house money these next few weeks. So definitely excited to see how they can get through this first half of the schedule. And it starts this Sunday in green Bay. Yeah. God, that's scary. I'm excited though. Fucking it's a green out green on green. green Oh yeah. At least, hey, at least you are aren't only a one and a half point favorite at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. So, at least Dude, that's not I'm what you're hammering the Jaguars. I am fuck hammering you. the Jaguars. Yeah, like you uh, hammered the Broncos on Thursday night, you pussy. <laughs> listen, I'm gonna keep hammering the Broncos until Colts I'm right. Cover. That's it's it's been a lot of wrongs oh, so far this. Year. That game made me want to throw up. No, it it has. It was the and most. That's, that every year, I th- I think it was the Seahawks last year. I think it I was it was the Seahawks thing, last year. We we've, we've been talking about Russ for years now, and it was yeah. last year you kept. And last him. year I gave up on them, started to think that Russ stunk, and then he got traded to the Broncos, who I already thought were overrated. But then I allowed myself to just one hundred percent buy in. <laughs> the only positive is that I have like Cortland Sutton on like all of my fantasy teams, and right. he's actually been fine. He's been um, but but no, the rust the rust stuff has not gone well for me. Um, real quick, real quick, yeah. I want to sneak this in, and I want to change the subject. I have purchased. I have gone out and gotten Brees Hall in basically every single one of my leagues, and I had two leagues where I'm kind of struggling and I need to to step up. And I'm going. I went out and I got Brees Hall. I really think he's going to fucking just continue to be legit and solid the rest of the year and just ball. So that's what I want to say. This past week was the introduction to it. It's like if if this breakout, you know, yeah. When you see these great running backs, it it you can completely change the dynamic of your team when you find a running back like that. Because last year, Michael Carter was great in his opportunities, but you know, it was a lot of Zach having to do the work on his own. And then all of a sudden you have a a feature running back. That's the focal point of your offense. I mean, fuck if, if you have to worry about Brees Hall first and then it's, Oh, we're just going to have Zach do a bunch of play action to Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson. That's going to, that's going to be fucking, that's going to be fucking tough to defend this. We picked a good time to do this. We picked a good time to start this show. You could just say the name of our skill players and I'll just like start smiling. Like it's so (laughs) fucking awesome, dude. I hope I want to see Garrett Wilson back. I want to see, I want to see that. And it did look like, uh, it looked like Elijah Moore was kind of like the go-to guy early on. And then he was kind of quiet the rest of the game. Um, obviously we didn't need to rely on the passing game a ton, but yeah, I do. I want to see, uh, I want to see a prolific passing game coming up here Dude, shortly. Uh, like a big Zach Wilson game where he drops his nuts and it's like 285 or 300 yards, yeah, three no, touchdowns. Like, fuck, man. Give well, and what's day. interesting about this this four-game stretch up until our bye with, with Packers, Broncos, um, Patriots, Bills, I, I'll take out the Bills, but the, these other three teams all kind of uh, less scary offense than we would have thought. But yep. I mean, the defenses of these three teams are solid. Super like, good. They really are good. great. 
you know, yeah. and, and running the ball against the Packers, running the ball against the Broncos, running the ball against the Patriots. Like those Patriots, are going to be difficult fuck. things. Um, so let's see how, let's see how we do. I, I, I'm not at the point of where I'm expecting to go. zero and three, these next three weeks, because I do think this jets team has proven they can be frisky and compete, but let's see what happens here. I mean, this is, this is a defining moment of the season. I'd take you guys to beat the Broncos <laughs> right now. From what I've seen, I'd take you to beat it's, the Broncos. It's so annoying. Cause I'm, I'm rooting for the get, get right game for them every week. Cause I'm just so bought in on the Broncos. Do they the get right this week on Monday night football? Then they play the jets and then they play the London game. So it's just it, everyone in the world gets to know how bad Russ is and that I'm bought in on him. <laughs> <laughs> you are you are really bought in on it it is funny because you talked yourself you were bought in you talked yourself out and then you found a new way to buy yourself in i know, I know. it's really good fun games this I week by the they're way. gonna but, bounce back yeah yeah i mean you would hope so they're they're a they, you look at the roster and you're like this team needs to be performing better yeah um let's let me let, let's i want to run through three things before we say goodbye then just because we started talking about other stuff bill's chiefs I love this. who do you got who do you got winning fuck When's that and where is that? That's this week. It is uh Sunday late afternoon in Kansas City. Buffalo three point favorites on the road. First time Mahomes in his career is a home dog. Really? Fuck. Yep. I want to take the Bills. I'm gonna um, take the Chiefs. I'm gonna take. Fuck. I don't want to pick that. That that's <laughs> those are two I can never decide on. You can pick the and Jets it, to win every week, it, but we can't. It pick really up. does feel like the bills are there now where like they can be better, but I don't know. I'm gonna pick the bills. Mm, I'm gonna pick the chief. I'll tell you. I don't fucking know. I'll tweet it out. Maybe give me I'm, I'm you got another one. Chiefs. I'm taking, maybe I'll take yeah, the yeah. chiefs just cause you are home dogs for the chiefs for Patrick Mahomes. The first chiefs like ever. never cover though, but they first also are never dog. underdogs. So yeah. First time in three years, three years. Oh, <laughs> it's never been. That. I feel like you have to take them plus three. Like you just I'm going to take them. I'm going to take them. Uh, the other one that I was going to ask you, just because it's it's two four and one teams, Sunday night football, Eagles, Cowboys. Eagles are minus six in that one. I like the Eagles still. Me too. It's it's still Cooper Rush at the Eagles end of the are day. five and zero. Oh, they're not four and one, right? Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. Sorry, they're five and zero. Oh. Dallas is four and one. No, yeah. Dallas. I mean, shout out Cooper Rush. They, they've looked fine with him. Um, that's cool, but. I, I don't think they're going to – I think the Eagles' defense is really, really good, and then you put that with their offense, which is just, like, explosive. I think they're going to be hard to beat. I don't think Dallas is the team to do it. Where do you land there? Yeah, I'd probably go Eagles, too. The Dallas defense does scare me, though. So, if there was one – like, it's easily going to be the toughest defense Philadelphia's faced so far this year. So, if they can make life tough for, for Jalen, that's where it gets interesting. All right, and then the third final question. How much are you going to allow yourself to watch Commanders at Bears tomorrow night or tonight by the time this podcast comes out? Now that's an interesting Did you question. did you watch all 60 minutes of the Broncos Colts game? Yes. Yes. I'm See, the kind I of feel guy like we can watch 60 minutes of this. Uh, right? Yeah, I, I'm the I'll kind of guy on. who who does not struggle at all with these bad teams and like everyone's always like god this game sucks like I that's just not kind of how it works for me. Two bad teams um, are still going to be competitive with each other. Right. No, exactly. And and half the time, like a bad game. I mean, like Broncos Colts was just a bad game. But half the time, what people deem is a bad game is just like two defenses playing awesome. It's kind of like a pitching battle in, in Rams, baseball, you Patriots, know? Super Bowl. People right. hated that one. Well, I thought it was good. Yeah, I, I hated fine. that because the Patriots won. But yes, no, sure. yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, I'm going to watch it. I, I actually, what was the uh, Monday night game this week? This past Monday was uh, Raiders Chiefs. Right, which is an exciting ass game. I mean, that game, I, I watched most of it, but that was probably the least that I watched a football really? game because I was yeah. just like tired and doing stuff. Oh, you're um, traveling back. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to watch, I'm going to watch every second. So <laughs> don't Same. have to worry about it there. <laughs> I just, I know there are some people that'll turn those who off. You, who so are we I, taking I mean, there? Good. I'm taking the Bears. Who's favored? <laughs> I mean, technically, Washington is minus one, but the, yeah. you could take both their money lines at minus 110. I'm taking the Bears. I'm, I'm buying in on a Justin Fields game. I'm going to take the Commanders. They're just so bad, the Bears. It's it's. Crazy. But at least they're two-dimensional. At least they throw the football sometimes. The Bears? No, the, the Commanders. Oh, I think no. they're two-dimensional on offense. Oh, no, yeah, no. The, the Commanders are I, – I mean, Carson Wentz, like, sucks, and like, but he's like – always what's the word i'm looking for he's always underrated and i don't mean that that he's good but he's always like a little bit better than people give him credit for when he gets hate he gets hate like he's the worst quarterback right and it's like they're probably better than the bears um but the bears are just that team that like always like wins the game against like mediocre teams and then they finish seven and nine or whatever they beat the 49ers to start the season right like shit like that so yeah yeah that's gonna be a gross game i think i'm gonna take the bears i just want a justin fields game i i feel bad for the kid (laughs) i could have been our quarterback he's gonna be ours he's gonna be the colts quarterback we're gonna trade for him after they they tank out and they replace him with stroud I'm bringing every quarterback to the Colts, by the way. Any any quarterback at this point, I'm just like, we'll just cycle instead in of, every year. We'll bring it in. Instead of one. getting like the washed, like 37-year-old, we'll just bring in the washed 23-year-old. Washed 23-year-old <laughs> who doesn't have any confidence because the Bears beat it out of him in his first two seasons. Yeah. Mm, Teddy, hey. all right, we're gonna clip, we're gonna clip those last 10 minutes and we're gonna make it uh we'll we'll put it out as our, our NFL exclusive podcast, oh, but I like not, really, not really, not really, but we'll that'd be kind of cool. It'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if you're still listening, that was some great yeah. fucking NFL talk. Good yep. for you. All right, let's get the fuck out of here, Teddy. Thank yeah, you guys so good. much for listening to another episode of Chasing 69 on Twitter at NYJ underscore Chasing 69. Same with YouTube, Teddy at Teddy Huncho. I am at Blake Andrew Pace. Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the game against uh, against Green Bay. And hopefully we talk to you next week with the Jets jet sitting pretty at four and two. Teddy might have to go streaking God, through the streets of Syracuse if that happens. Yeah, if they if they win next week, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to start doing some crazy shit. <laughs> we'll get we might really have excited. to make a. We might have to make a couple. Uh, if they go four and two, and then are going up against like the Broncos, who have sucked ass, probably at home. I'm guessing. Yeah, well, it's in it's in Denver. Oh, it is in Denver. Damn. Okay, that sucks. But regardless, I mean, that's imagine the Jets at five and two. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> five five and two with wins over Pittsburgh, Miami, Green Bay, Cleveland, and Denver. Like that's that ain't nothing. That would be absurd. Well, we'll see what happens. Yes. And I guess we will uh we'll talk about it next week, right? That's what good, we do. Good good time to be a New York fan. Yes, All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Peace. <laughs>